Wake Up Springfield on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I don't want to hear or see the Republican Party. It is terrifying. The hypocrisy is just running rampant. Because tonight is gas rationing the answer. Yeah, well, Fargo, you, do you know what environmental racism is? They were wrong, and Donald Trump was right. Well, I think your listeners are some of the smartest listeners in America because they have the information that comes across your radio waves. All right, all right, all right. Well, how many lies per sentence do you say? Do you have a quota? Uh, are you a death on demand kind of guy, Dave? Can you, can you answer yeah, my question? Yeah, how many lies per sentence? Ooh, scary. This is Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Good morning. This is Sophie Shore getting to host this morning. Cass, hello. It's been a long time. Good morning, Sophie. I'm so excited to have you in again. Guys, if you have never heard Sophie on our airways, she has been um, on many times, and she's actually hosted a few months ago, you and State Representative Macy Boyd. Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you're involved. Absolutely. Don, always good to hear your news update. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I, 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 for people who haven't listened before, my name is Sophie Shore. I'm from Lake of the Ozarks, Camdenton, Missouri. Proud Camdenton High School graduate. Um, go Lakers. Go Lakers, baby. Uh, my father was the head football coach there for a long time i remember when he played there yes you do <laughs> yeah you went to you went to high school with my mom yes i did L- marshfield lady jays yes so yeah my mom was like tell don i said hi i said hi before <laughs> she I was, was uh, quite the prolific scorer in basketball yes she was she was and so yeah my um grandfather coached for a long time before that that's when you probably watched my dad play yes so um actually dad retired this year Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so that's a really interesting shakeup. I don't really feel like I've fully processed it, not that it's about me, <laughs> but I uh, I don't feel like I've had a chance to real- realize that I'm not going to be at football games every Friday night mm-hmm. now at Camdenton. I feel that. My yeah. dad was a football coach, too, and it's a whole there's a whole culture around it. Being a coach's daughter is fun. And there's, you know, there's nothing like high school football on a Friday night when it's dark outside and the chill oh, yeah. is in the air and it's a really good game. And I, I, I feel exactly what you feel. No, it just meant so much to me growing up, yeah. but I'm so grateful to have had those, that experience and to get, got to get to watch my dad and grandpa and watch my brothers. And that's where my mom was every Friday night. But yes, mom also was a basketball star. I have to shout out her without, you know, I'm going to mention. Yeah, she yeah. won the state championship <laughs> with a last second shot <laughs> yes. back in 88. Did you yeah. just pull that out of your hat? Well, no, I remember listening to the game on the yeah. radio. That was the year was, after I graduated from high school. Who did they play? Who was the... Uh, St. Charles Duchesne. Yeah, and that was a big yeah. deal because they were going up against the private schools. So, yes. yeah, always that public-private school rivalry because private schools recruit. So, you know. Yeah, they played in the... Uh, but at the time, you know, now it's Mizzou Arena, but at the time it was Hearn Center in Columbia. That's where the Missouri Tigers played. And her mom... Uh, literally, with the team down by one point, hit a last-second shot to win the state championship. Yeah, so I would never, I was never going to be 
uh, quite as well known as my parents when it came to athletics. I just had to accept that at an early age. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's kind of funny. They had really parallel situations as far as both winning two state championships and being from from the area and then finding each other. My dad said he had a premonition. Um, talking to actually Shannon Bills, you know Shannon. I do. Yeah. My brother's best friend is her son Garrett. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I went yeah. to college with Garrett, but actually Evie, too, Evie. Too, yeah. yeah. So Evie and I, we grew up together. Um, we all went to the same homeschool co-op, and yeah. so every year for Florida, our football nationals, because we were homeschool league, we would go to Panama City Beach for homeschool football nationals every November. And the Bills and us shared a condo for years. That's so crazy. Like yeah. the small world, how it all connects. So, yeah, Shannon went to college with my mom and aunt. Wow. And so my dad swears he had a premonition in like the basement of some MSU, uh, well, yeah, Missouri State building. Um, and so I called him SMS at the time. I always called SMS on accident because that's what my parents do. But, um, yeah, I had a premonition. I was going to marry my mom. She was out of state at the time, came back. All the rest is history. But yeah, from Lake of the Ozarks, Camdenton, I grew up in politics most of my life, was speaking at tea party rallies. That <laughs> was just a wee little thing. Um, I, honestly, I, ironically, I was thinking about this morning, and one speech was about whenever the EPA was trying to charge farmers for cow emissions. And something I'm going to talk about today is I actually just spent a couple weeks in Europe on vacation, and... Was in the I went to the Netherlands, and there is a crazy amount of regulation being imposed on those farmers. And so, um, anyway, been involved since I was young. Ran a few state senate campaigns. Been involved in a few statewides, um, out of state, and yeah, just worked in the ledge. And now I'm here, and my boss, Senator Jill Carter, Jill Carter that I work for, will be here today too. So. When is she going to roll in and spend some time with you today? I, you know what? I, I hope soon. <laughs> <laughs> I told her, I'm like, hey, make sure you're here by around 6, 37 o'clock. So. I, I love Bill <laughs> Carter. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I can handle it for a little bit. I don't I don't know if she knew how early it was when she committed me to this. I was like, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> um, so anyway, but yeah, no, looking forward to today. But I didn't listen yesterday, so I'm guessing, Don, did she have some things to say about the Taylor Swift concert? I don't want to hear it again everybody she had everything to say about the taylor swift concert (laughs) can i point uh, out again for a second day in a row that i have not yet once been the one to bring it up everybody else wants to bring it up to cast i didn't but cast doesn't bring it up was it good i mean i I saw it really was it really was good and i know all of my our listeners are rolling their eyes right now oh you commie lib cast you went to taylor swift how dare you but i just want to give her some credit where credit is due she didn't have one single woke preachy speech she didn't make a political statement in the whole thing it wasn't like demonic like everybody says it is it literally was just about her music and her whole career and it was just pure entertainment and fun. And the, the the environment was really fun. I will say, I remember the first time my dad, my dad bought a Taylor Swift CD, the one, the, her first one. Yeah. Where it was like Taylor with the wavy Baby. hair, yeah. the blue background on the CD. Mm-hmm. And she had like Tim McGraw and mm-hmm. I don't, is that the name? You're the reason for the, t- is that yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, so she definitely bring back, Brings back some feelings. I had a high school reunion this weekend, which is some of my friends, childhood friends, and we were laughing. Though we're like, is there is there a correlation between Swifties and Disney adults? Like, is it the same? No, fandom? I, I am not a Disney adult. 
Disney adults concern me a little bit. Like the ones who decorate everything in like Minnie Mouse ears and their phone cases are Minnie Mouse and they have more fun at Disney World than their kids do. Yeah. No, I will say, I think she gets some uh, flack she doesn't necessarily deserve because she's writing about her life experiences. Yes. So, and my thing is, if you're a guy dating Taylor Swift, you know what you're getting at this point. If you don't know there's going to be a song written about you, <laughs> yeah. then I just question your judgment severely. Um, and she has a lot more to offer people than just breakup songs. She has songs about life or depression or her parents. She writes songs about like growing up and, you know, the, you know, the struggles and the joys of just being an adult and going, you know, all of that. So she just doesn't, she's a lot deeper than people give her credit for. And it's a, it was a fad for so long to just hate on Taylor Swift. And I just think that that's old news. (laughs) Well, Hey, today we're going to be able to, I'm glad we got that out of the way early. I just had to hear about the Swift concert. Don, Everybody asks me about so it. So is this is no more? Ta- oh, she's going to play Taylor Swift songs today. No, I'm sure. not. You're sure? Not. Okay. Well, there's Maybe. one in the rotation that comes up every like once a day. Okay. Yeah, we can live with that. I think we might. I have can to. handle one song. <laughs> hey, Don Luzader, you have admitted to me off air multiple times that you like Taylor Swift, but you can't tell Tim because you'll get ridiculed. You're like, I can't because it's too much fun to Thanks harass for you, Cass. My secret. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right here, right now, Don Luzader's a Taylor <laughs> Swift fan. Hear it. Not hear like first. you are, though. No, no. Well, we're going to cover a lot of other things today, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sweden gets closer to joining NATO um, after Turkey removes their block. Uh, Senator or Senator President Biden's been making some visits, uh, trying to get some more funding for Ukraine. Um, we're going to go over sound of the sound of freedom movie and some statistics around that and, uh, hope hopefully cover some more domestic politics as well today. So with that being said, let's go ahead and ready to throw it to the national anthem. Absolutely. We have Chris Stapleton this morning with the national anthem. Fabulous.
guns have been released into our communities. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Hello and welcome back to Sophie Shore as your host. I'll be joined a little bit later by Senator Jill Carter, my boss. We're looking forward to that, aren't we, Cass? I love Jill Carter. I think she's a firecracker, and I think she's unlike anybody else that's up there because she's she's an, a true movement person, and so she she doesn't care about making sure she pleases everybody around her. She has a mission. She has constituents who say, "This is what we're doing, and this is what we want you to do." And she's like, "Okay, these are my these are my convictions, and I'm going to go up there and I'm going to do that, and not worry about making all these friends." Love me some Jill Carter. I like that. So, yeah, she should be here a little bit later. But, you know, I actually was going to talk about this later, but I think I'll go ahead and after the national anthem, Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem is such a vibe. Um, So recently I was in Europe for vacation and we went to, I was with my brother and also my foreign exchange brother and we, who lived with us back, you know, years ago. And we went to the Normandy region of France, which was so amazing, so charming, I've always heard that the French are really rude, and I actually had the complete opposite experience, maybe because I was in Normandy to start off. Um, And, you know, we stayed at an Airbnb that was like this old castle for very cheap. And their words were, we love when Americans come because we really still appreciate everything that was done for us on to liberate France. And my great-grandfather was 18 years old when he was shipped out of New York and arrived actually in that area to help clean up um what was the cleanup i mean american soldiers that had passed and all that kind of thing so that was a really crazy thing to see so i just wanted to read a little bit about that day because i realized i've always been really interested in d-day but talking to people since i've gotten back to the united states there are a lot of people that don't really know that much about d-day and it was the largest amphibious invasion in world history. So I'm just going to read a little bit. Um, D-Day was the name given to, this is from just the history.com channel. So it's going to be pretty basic, but D-D was the name, D-Day was the name given to the June 6, 1944 invasion of the beaches at Normandy in northern France by troops from the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom and other countries during World War II. France at the time was occupied by the armies of Nazi Germany and the amphibious assault codenamed Operation Overlord landed some 1,156 thousand allied soldiers on the beaches of normandy by the end of the day so we were there four days after the 10th maybe no no we were there the 8th so like right around the same weather it would have been whenever the actual invasion was happening all those years ago and it was pretty chilly and you could actually still see some of the materials they had set up ports really deep into the, the sea because the once you know, the tide went down, it got so low. And so you still saw some of the material that was used to build those ports, um, bunkers. There was still a lot there on the beaches. So that was really surreal to walk those beaches and realize, oh my gosh, a lot of American servicemen, kids who were like 18 years old, were coming off the boats literally to be torn to bits on that beach to liberate a continent. 
And it was just so different and such a different time in American history. I mean, now, like, I would not want to send. I, mean, I was with my brother who was 19, and so thinking about him being a year younger, coming off those boats. Sometimes it's easy to forget how young they were. And some of the, the kids that would lie about their age because it was easier back then, and they were six, 15, 16 years old even. Yeah, they were so young. So anyway, despite their success, some 4,000 Allied troops were killed by German soldiers defending the beaches. At the time, the D-Day invasion was the largest naval and air, air and land operation in history. And within a few days, 326,000 troops, more than 50,000 vehicles, and some 100,000 tons of equipment had landed. By August 1944, all of northern France had been liberated. And in spring of 1945, the Allies had defeated the Germans. Historians often refer to D-Day as the beginning of the end of World War II. They actually were supposed to... So anyway, we got there and we, we went through the museum and, you know, I didn't even re- like I knew Saving Private Ryan was a true story, but it's based off. We saw the pictures of the two brothers that died and the brother that they went after. Mm. And it was just person after person with these amazing Americans, like some from the 101st Airborne that, you know, they were all like misdropped far away from where they should have been. It was kind of messy. Um, and so anyway, just seeing these young, handsome Americans that were way too young and very brave and walking through that cemetery and it felt like it just went on for miles for miles and miles and you know we went to Point Du Hoc and Ronald Reagan gave a speech there during the Cold War and this these are the boys of Point Du Hoc these are the men that took the beaches and you know it just kind of struck me because you know Jesus Christ like I believe came to die for our sins but there was so much given for us to experience like earthly freedom from tyranny Mm -hmm. and beginning the show and i kind of want to end them with this too just the realization that as americans so much has been given for us too much to live small or to complain and anything that we can possibly be going through cannot be as bad as what happened on that day to so many people so anyway before we get the show going I just would encourage any American, um, obviously France is kind of in upheaval right now. I would not go to France right now. <laughs> um, we'll talk about some of the conflicts that are happening in there. We, we actually left like the day before all the conflict went down. Um, but any American that has the chance, I would strongly encourage, I know the Best Defense Foundation, a bunch of Americans were there on the 6th of June to celebrate these American heroes and Normandy, the Normandy region, welcome them with open arms. But if you do ever have a chance, I, I think it was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. And after that, watch Saving Private Ryan because you will not be the same. That so. movie, I, I watched it way too young and it's kind of scarred me. Um, and then the last time I saw any of Saving Private Ryan was Memorial Day weekend a couple years ago um, when I went up to Lake of the Ozarks with a group of friends and they put on Saving Private Ryan and there's parts of it that I can't even watch because it's just, it, it's it's too much. It's so real to just seeing the beach and like looking at the scenery and how well they did that and even the small little French villages. And at the end, whenever Matt Damon's old character says, earn it, did I earn it? Am I a good man? I, every American, if you go there, you will always stand for the flag and you will appreciate so much more where you come from. 
Hi, this is Brad Pistole, a certified financial fiduciary and a retirement income certified professional through the American College of Financial Services, and I'm the weekly host of Safe Money Radio. Join us right here on KWTO every Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 9 a.m. as we talk about the current financial topics that will affect your ability to enjoy the retirement of your dreams. I will show you how to alleviate the number one fear of all retirees, which is running out of money before running out of life. My clients never have to worry about running out of income. They have learned how to turn their 401ks and IRAs into contractually guaranteed pensions that will last the rest of their lives. When it comes to your retirement, make sure you're getting your advice from a qualified professional. Make sure they are a retirement income certified professional. Join us each week for Safe Money Radio or tune into our podcast. It's taste is on my mind. Girl, you got me. It's time for Team's Top 3. It's Cass here with Sophie Shore, and we're doing the chick edition of Tim's Top 3. Producer Cass edition, I usually call it, but now I'm with Sophie. For number one, I'm going to mention that Sweden is now breaking through their opposition that they had from Turkey to join NATO. Turkey originally was not in favor of them joining because they thought that Sweden was too relaxed on a group that Turkey considered to be terroristic. But they're saying, all right, the green light. And Sweden could very soon be a NATO member. And number two. Sound of Freedom. It topped everything. It did. Despite being called um, a puppet of QAnon, despite being called that has ties to domestic terrorism and all of these crazy things, I'm very suspect of anybody who is against a movie about child human trafficking. What about you? Yeah, I, I don't... I watched the movie. Did you go... You went to watch... I think we're seeing it this Friday. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and I, I thought it was... First of all, I don't know why it took five years to release. It. And then they came in to... They had a ton of roadblocks. But I know on the opening weekend, it made like $14 million, And I think Indiana Jones only made 11.5. Well, Indiana Jones needs to... I didn't watch Indiana go to Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch probably like the new... Oppen- Oppenheimer Barbie movies that are coming out soon. Those, Those look, look interesting, but yeah. I will say it's just there's a market for people who want to know like truth. Yes. And th- like, th- if- when they want truth spoken into a bad situation, right? Like it's the Christian conservative honor, yes. virtue. And they hate that. I, I, I don't know why. The more of those movies aren't coming out because, and they're starting to. Honestly, Angel Studios is doing a really good job. I feel like The Chosen, yeah, that crowdsourced funding show, Nefarious, yeah, Nefarious, Nefarious, was amazing. Did you talk about that on air? Not yet. No, well, a little bit. Yeah, but. I had a whole section today, maybe on some Christian or some entertainment coming out. We should, we should yeah, talk about it. And number three, kind of tacking on to what we just talked about with Sound of Freedom, the Department of Justice has removed international sex trafficking of minors from area their areas of concern list they and, took it yeah. off did you see where they dropped the dna testing at the border no to make sure that children are with their parents no see there if call us conspiracy theorists if you want but this doesn't pass the sniff test no it's a problem it, it, so we'll talk about that later in the show let's first dig in a little bit more to 
the NATO, Sweden joining NATO. I don't know if you heard this morning, I was also listening to um, Fox News' brief, and they were talking about how there is conjecture that Ukraine should be allowed to join NATO. And I think that is a horrible idea. And that would only escalate tension. And I, yeah, I'm completely against that. So Finland, they already got the green light, didn't they? I believe. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I think Finland did. And then now Sweden. Because basically what Turkey's problem was is... Well, it's the Kurds. But, you know, if you remember, the Kurds always were great allies for American military. And so there a few years ago, there was this whole conflict. And then whenever we pulled out of Turkey, a lot of American servicemen were critical of that decision because the Kurds had been great allies. And, you know, it's an ethnic war. I mean, it's ethnic. They are Arab, but they like the way that they practice Islam is completely different. They're like a different branch, some of them. But honestly, the, like I said, the Kurds have been great allies to the United States and they're basically trying to, it's like an ethnic genocide that Erdogan is committing against them. But because Sweden backed them, um, yeah, that's why they didn't want them in. So anyway, I want to read a little bit about it. So Turkey's president Erdogan is withdrawing his country's longstanding opposition to Sweden's NATO bid, paving the way for the Nordic country to join the military alliance and sending in a powerful message about its unity on the eve of the summit that begins Tuesday in Lithuania. So NATO summit is beginning today. President Biden did visit the prime minister of the UK and the new king. Hold on. I thought President Biden was lounging on a beach chair somewhere. Well, they say he visited. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see photos. So, but I think there we was did. Whole- Our, it was tattooed <sighs> on our eyeballs yesterday, seeing photos of a half naked Joe Biden lounging on a beach chair. Oh, yeah. Very disturbing. Oh, no, yeah. I, I think I saw that on Twitter. It was a comparison between Trump and Biden, <laughs> Trump walking into the MMA with Dana White, the MMA <laughs> fight, and then Biden lounging on a beach. But yes, yeah, he did meet with the prime minister of the UK and the king. And he said the reason for that meeting was to strengthen you know, our ties economically, but also to encourage the UK to continue giving money to Ukraine because the UK has been the second biggest funder of this war of quote unquote Russian aggression. So, um, yeah, he was there right before he went to NATO. And I just don't really know how anyone takes him serious. I'm kind of embarrassed like that. He's there. Like you have to think, you know, back in, before the age of social media and before all these things, when your country's leader went to visit a different country's leader, that was how they made their decisions about whether we should be partnered with who we were as a people. And so I just really don't know what Joe Biden says about the American people. I don't feel like he's the best um, representative of that. He is not. And I have a clip here to play of, I mean, we have we could play hours of the same audio of just him trying to make a point and making no sense whatsoever. Listen here. The whole notion of, uh, um, you know, the, this new ring road that's going to put around, you're going to invest in other nations. Well, it's ended up producing dead and a noose, you know. These- <laughs> what did he just say? Something about a ring road and a noose? And other nations. What? <sighs> yeah. It's it's honest. It's just sad at this point. Shame on his wife for letting him run for office because this is just embarrassing. 
Um, continuing on, NATO Secretary General said Monday that Erdogan has agreed to send Sweden's NATO accession protocol to the Turkish Parliament as soon as possible after both held talks after both held talks with Swedish Prime Minister. Um, quoting the Secretary General of NATO, completing Sweden's accession to NATO is a historic step that benefits the security of all NATO allies at this critical time and makes us all stronger and safer. Um, I, I, I just really don't know how to feel about this. And I question, you know, Turkey, their involvement, because Erdogan isn't really a nice guy. So not really sure. Um, continuing on in the next part of our show, we're going to talk about how there is some friction regarding Biden's decision to send cluster munitions, which are legal in 150 countries, um, to Ukraine. And some Democrats are actually disagreeing with him. Some Republican warhawks are agreeing with him. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall, off to a pretty good start this morning on the streets of Springfield. We do have a non-injury crash uh, that happened overnight in the 2400 block of South Delaware. Don't know if that's still causing any problems or not. And also, Springfield Police Department will be conducting a crosswalk, a crosswalk yield check this week at Atlantic and Campbell. Uh, posted signage will alert drivers that they're approaching a yield check location. And then after a warning period, officers are now issuing uh, tickets at yield check events. Uh, they may also talk to any pedestrians that don't follow regulations as well. But again, that enforcement being conducted. Talking about um, cluster munitions, cluster bombs that President Biden has decided to send to Ukraine. And there is just uh, some contention between Republicans and Democrats even crossing the aisle on this, on whether these should be sent or shouldn't be sent. But, um, you know, I voiced in the last segment that I do not think the United States should be involved in the Ukrainian conflict in any way, shape, or form. But Cass brought up a bigger story, too, in all in all of this, and that is that U.S. ammunition supplies dwindle as Ukraine war drains stockpiles. Um, reading from an article, and we're just going to touch on that again. The United States will soon be unable to provide Ukraine with certain types of ammunition that are essential to the battle against Russian invasion. As suppliers are being used, as supplies are being used up faster than they can be replaced. Washington has become by far the largest supplier of arms in Ukraine since Russia launched the invasion on February 24th with more than 16.8 billion in military assistance provided since that date. But U.S. stockpiles of some equipment are reaching the minimum levels needed for war plans and training and restocking to pre-invasion levels could take years, years. But why is that? That is also because there has been an attack on manufacturing in this country. I remember I was visiting Lone Oak, Arkansas last year and the Remington facility. And I was trying to tell Don and Cass off air about what it felt like. And there aren't really words to describe how incredible it was to walk through a functioning American factory making these ammunitions People are, I mean, honestly, the people are amazing. The, the women actually sit there and, and watch all the bullets in the Remington facility go by, and they're so quick and so attentive to detail, they can just, like, literally flick their finger and pick out the bad bullets from an assembly line going super fast. And so, anyway, when I was there, I just started asking about, you know, the restrictions on ammunitions and all that is going on as far as in that space. And, you know, I've talked to different friends who work in, are in the military 
And so much of our manufacturing power has been just forsaken and we are relying more on China and all these other countries to provide this military equipment and these precious metals that it is alarming. Like I think out of everything we've read today or going on in the news, the the fact that we cannot produce the military equipment that we need to be able to defend ourselves is very shocking. And to say it would take years, why would we supply a country on the other side of the globe with ammunition and military equipment that we cannot replace for years? That's a huge question. Obviously, I think it's intentional. I think it's intentionally done to weaken this country. But what do you think, Cass? Well, I have a couple thoughts on everything you just said. One, I just want to address the what you said about the manufacturing. Um, there, there is such a pride in buying American-made products for people who are conservative-minded mm-hmm. because we know and we see how dangerous it's becoming to be so reliant on overseas products, especially China right now, because they are just waiting and chomping at the bit for us to be at our weakest. They are waiting for us to drain ourselves of all of our military resources, pumping it over into Ukraine and, you know, every corner of the planet except our own. And I mean, Look at some of the small rural Midwest towns that were built around one factory that employed all of the men in the town and and created this thriving Mayberry community, right? And then all of a sudden, the the factory shuts down and the whole town goes destitute. I, I saw that happen or heard of that happening in, you know, my grandparents' hometown of Lamar. It was built around a plant called Thorco. And they were a thriving community. It's where my mom grew up. And when that factory shut down, a lot of the growth, I mean, pretty much all of the growth of that area just ceased to to continue. And so I, there, I don't understand why the the american left hates anything that has to do with like american exceptional exceptionalism and pride and having you know american made products cuz we do it best here they don't think we do it best here they hate everything about the united states of america and and i really just think that china is just waiting waiting for us to continue to weaken ourselves and you know this happened and this is happening in other areas too of, you know, of our industry, of American industry. Biden recently, I think yesterday or Friday, gave some sort of interview where he was talking about how because America is responsible for the quote unquote environmental crisis, he calls it, that we should be the ones and Eastern European countries should be the ones that go into um, the continent of Africa and invest in their infrastructure that we need to pump our finances and our resources into African countries so that we can build their infrastructure up because we're responsible for their their problems because we created the environmental crisis. That's literally what he said in this yeah. interview. So there's on, on every front, there's manufacturing, military equipment, um, our 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 debt crisis. All of this is just weakening 
the United States of America. And for, you know, decades and decades, we were always proud of how we were the strongest nation. We had this thriving economy. We were military might. And I just don't see that anymore, you know? Yeah. I'll also say, just referencing my time spent in Europe this summer, it was very enlightening. And it's one thing to hear about the wars that happened in Europe. It's another thing to see some of the remnants of those wars. And you see the buildings, you know, they're like, they don't, we have, we have a 200 year old building. It's on max security. You know, you can't, you can't enter and probably be protected by everybody. Um, and there they just have the, the oldest statues, you know, because it's been, I mean, a lot of, a lot of life happened over there and a lot of wars. And you see towns in one town, it'll be completely, um, normal in France. And then the next, it looks completely different and new, like it was rebuilt in like the sixties because it was bombed really bad in the war. And so we have been so fortunate not to experience that on our soil. And I think it has made us really complacent as far as our military prowess goes. But the reality is that, you know, until Trump came onto the scene, we were completely paying for all of Germany's defense. We were footing the bill for a lot of European countries' defense. And I know that people would say, well, the United States also gets some good out of that, you know, because whenever these countries were built back, then like the European perspective would be when these countries were built back, then they made good trade partners, yada, yada, yada. But the bottom line is, is that we are taxing our citizens and we are giving it to other people that we are not responsible for. And that's theft. <laughs> well, we, we can't even pay our own bills. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't I absolutely do not agree with Biden's student loan bailout. I think it is disgraceful. Um, I'm glad that the court blocked it. His new plan that he rolled out after makes no sense. and won't come up with the same legal challenges that his past one did. But I also understand some people that are friends of mine who you know, are, are genuinely conservative and say, you know, here's the thing. Like, I'm not for people getting bailed out. But why are we giving 200 billion to a different country? And allowing this these predatory loans to continue to, you know, ravage our young people. You're 18 years old. Hey, sign on the dotted line. Get sixty thousand dollars in debt right from the beginning. But we're going to go ahead and give seventy five billion dollars to a different country, um, to a seventy five to two hundred billion for for their defense. So anyway, we'll come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about sound of freedoms and things going on in the entertainment industry. And this is Sophie Shore with Cass and Don. Look forward to seeing you guys in a bit. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall looking good across the Springfield metro area this morning. Want to let you know about some uh, road work going on. Hillcrest Avenue is closed between Nichols and Brower Street. That's from now until August the 4th. And that uh, closure is taking place between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. each day. Crews are installing uh, side. I've not taken a single penny from any country. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. An old classic, Sophie Shore. Old Town Road. I never understood why this was such a popular song. All right. Well, hey, you want to talk? So, okay, you haven't seen Sound of Freedom yet. I I think we're seeing it this Friday. But, you're, yeah, you're pumped. I am. I am excited to see it. But I have been hearing that there's a lot of scenarios, especially in AMC theaters, where suspicious things are happening, preventing people from finishing the movie. Like, for example, one lady said that their tickets just got weirdly refunded at the last minute and they weren't told why. So they showed up anyways. 
and they bought more tickets and they were like, oh, we refunded them because the air conditioner in that theater is out. But the air conditioner in every other theater and every other room in the entire building was fine. But they sat through it without air conditioning anyways, but they weren't told that they could still see the movie. They were just refunded their tickets. Fire alarms going off in the middle of the show, all sorts of things like people are suspicious that the show is being interfered with on a mass I had scale. not heard that. Yeah. Like, and then the Washington Post comes out with an article saying that the people that made this movie were QAnon members or conspiracy theorists and all of these horrible things. And I'm like, guys, of all the things to fight against, a movie about human trafficking that's not political, like, in nature at all, the movie is not preachy on right-wing stuff. It's literally just a movie that is com- it's telling a true story of a of a U.S. patriot who went and decided to use his time and talent to save children from human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, Tim. I mean, Tim Ballard's a pretty amazing character. Like, yeah, really amazing when you read. That's yeah. actually the movie is pretty like legit. Legit. It's pretty true to the story. Yeah. So he. We'll talk about him in a second. But reading from um, just some of the numbers. According to the most recent prediction from Angel Studios, the movie Sound of Freedom featuring actor Jim Caviezel has, which I I love Jim Caviezel. I love me some Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from Passion of the Christ, obviously, and I've watched a lot of his uh, speeches about filming and all of that, how he was really struck by lightning. He talks about his interactions with Mel Gibson. I think Mel Gibson's absolutely fascinating. I know Hollywood tried to cancel him, and I'm sure he's said some, I know he's done some weird things, but... I also think he has created, I mean, Braveheart, The Patriot, um, Passion of the Christ. I was reading this morning or last night how he is actually doing passion, another Passion of the Christ movie. Interesting. Like a remake of the original? No, like after Jesus' resurrection. Oh. And so, but I mean, the first one was so hard for him to make in Hollywood. And the story of even that, how that happened. But yeah, Jim Caviezel would talk about how... Uh, Mel Gibson was just, is just a chain smoker, so he just smoked continually, and mm-hmm. you know he'd use the Lord's name in vain. And Jim Caviezel pointed him, "Not my name in vain." And Mel Gibson, <laughs> you know, is super. Oh, that was too real. So just learn, hearing about them is always funny. But according to the most recent predictions from Angel Studios, the movie Sound of Freedom featuring actor Jim Caviezel has officially grossed over forty million in total ticket sales. It premiered on July fourth. I went to see it. I think on the sixth. Um, and it's the true story of a former federal federal agent, Tim Ballard, who, after saving a boy who was being trafficked, quits his job to find and rescue the boy's sister in South America. I follow Tim Ballard on social media as well, and he talked about how the operation described. I hope I'm not like ruining the movie for you, but no. you've probably seen that. I like spoilers. I don't. Okay. Like, I don't like uh, to be anxious about things. I don't. Know I know. Happen. Yeah, I'm like a spoil. I read the last book of or last page of a book before I read it. Yeah. It's a toxic tree. All my friends know it. I just want to know. I just like to be, I just like to ease my anxieties. Yeah, they say, they say, Sophie, how could you do that? That ruins the movie. And I just respond with, no, well, I can enjoy it more. I know where I'm going when I die. I still want to know the rest of the story. You know, I like know, <laughs> having some security in the end. It's hilarious. But yeah, he described the mission. So the movie, you know, he is rescuing a, and the movie's pretty real about just probably the challenges of being a federal agent and you're arresting all these pedophiles. And I think in the movie he had captured over 200, maybe 250. And, you know, he'd never saved a kid. And so he's able to save this 
young boy who's being trafficked and he asks him, asks him to save his sister. And he ends up having to, he goes to Columbia, they set up this giant sting operation and they're able to save about 50, 50 kids in that operation, the, the sting operation. And then the sister isn't among them, so he has to go to some drug warlord in a remote area of Columbia, I believe. Um, it could have been a different country. And save this girl. And he talked about in his Instagram Live how this was actually a pretty normal occurrence as far as operations were concerned, as far as saving kids. And so anyway, it has now topped the movie. I was seeing a statistic where it's in... Like they had like one percent of the budget, not even close to Indiana Jones, and they are in half the theaters, and they're still way outperforming all the other movies. And they have very little promotion as well. Like they didn't, they didn't run a bunch of um, previews, but ahead of other movies for months and months. You know, they didn't, they didn't do all of that, and people just picked it up, and. I think it's very revealing to the state of the corruption and the elites of our of our nation, whether it be Hollywood or our government, that they that hardly any of them are, you know, promoting this. Hardly any of them are saying, hey, go watch this movie. Hardly any. And then you have our um, our our big news outlets like The Washington Post that are literally telling people that it's a scam and that it's white nationalism, and that it's um, QAnon. Yeah, which is funny. This movie was made five years ago, so this is before QAnon. Yes, I mean, I'm not a QAnon expert, but it's before this was that was even a thing. I don't even think QAnon exists. Yeah, I'm, I don't really know very much about it, to be honest. It's just the buzzword that the left likes to use to to say, "Oh, if you're a if you're a Trumpian, or if you're a if you're a conservative, you're QAnon." And you I, believe in you lizard know, people. I just thought it was ironic that, oh, yeah, did you play? Have you, go ahead and find, I'll send you the lady. Have you played that on air about the lady with the airplane? We gotta, <gasps> we've got to talk we've gotta about talk, that. Not, not in this segment, but we've got to talk about it oh, in our next segment. Oh, we've got to. I have, I have so many thoughts so about many the lady on the airplane, guys. The, you have to stay here and listen to us long enough till the next hour to hear us talk about the lady on the airplane. It this was must listen. bizarre. Bizarre. But yeah. the thing that I, I was talking to some friends about this movie and the reality of the situation is my whole life growing up, it was always a fear. My parents were very like, hey, make sure when you're going out of Walmart, you don't want to get trafficked. They're real people that yeah. want to take women. And that's true. And most women live mo- their whole lives watching their back. And mm-hmm. I'm not for like... You know, every, you know, some women be like every, I've never been scared of most men I've been around. It's not like that at all. I have my CCW guys. (laughs) But I mean, really your whole life you are worried about getting kidnapped or assaulted. And that's kind of a part of the conversation with my brother. I have a, my brothers are huge now. And, uh, I'm always, (laughs) I mean, there's still kids in my mind. So I'm always like, where my, where's my brother, my six, four brother. I need to know where but. Now, most women live their whole lives worried about that, and it's always a concern for your children as well. So, anyhow, um, that is a great movie. Encourage you to go see it. And on that topic, just teasing the next segment, um, the DNA requirements under the Trump administration for people crossing the border to ensure that children are indeed with their biological parents and not being trafficked. 
has now been stopped by the Biden administration. And so we'll talk about what that's going to mean for making kids aren't being trafficked. Obviously, we think that's a bad idea. More to catch on our next segment. This is Sophie Shore. Please stick around.